Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, choir, for singing today. Praise team, and thank all of you for taking part in worship. And so that's, uh, it's good to have worshipers here. That's what we're here for, is to come and worship. If you brought your Bibles, we're going to look at John chapter 13, and also John chapter 18, share a passage of Scripture, perhaps familiar passage of Scripture. In John 13, we'll look at verse um, 18 through 30. Then we'll look at John chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. And I'm going to be sharing a sermon that I've simply entitled, Are You Standing With Them and Not With Him? Question mark. Are you standing with them and not with him? John chapter 13, verse 18. Speak not of you all, I know whom I've chosen, But that the scripture may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I'll tell you before it come that, when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. And when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask, Who should be of whom you speak? He then, lying on Jesus' breath, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. And now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went out immediately out. And it was night. Now, if you will, turn to John chapter 18. John chapter 18, verse 1. And when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook of Cedron, which was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth, and he said unto them, Who seek ye? And They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also which betrayed him, stood 
with them. Are you standing with them? Or are you standing with him? Several years ago, I had a dear friend. He still is my friend, or was my friend. He's deceased now. But I had a dear friend, and he was a professed Christian. He was very faithful in attending church. He was very faithful in serving the church. He was a key leader in the church. He served in various places. He headed various committees. He was director of different projects. However, I began to notice a change in his attendance and in his faithfulness and noticed a change in his behavior. And he began to revert back to his old self. And he began to revert back to some of the practices that he had prior to the time that he got saved. He began to hang out with the wrong crowd. The wrong crowd meaning those who oppose God and those who oppose God's Son, Jesus, and those who oppose His church, those who oppose God's people. One day, I was reading John 18, verses 1 through 5. I was just reading through that chapter. And when I read verse 5, Jesus spoke to me in regards to this friend of mine. And He said, I want you to go to that person. I want you to go to him. And I want you to share this verse with him. Just read the verse to him. And ask him, does it bother him that he's standing with them and not with me? So I made my journey one afternoon during a week. And I went to the person's house. And we had some small talk. And I said, God sent me here to read a verse of scripture to you. And I read that verse of Scripture. And Judas was standing with them. And I said this to him. I said, let me ask you a question. God told me to ask you, does it bother you that you're standing with them and not with him? I never will forget. He looked me directly in the eyes. And he said, not one John 13, verse 18 through 30, is about a person named Judas Iscariot. The name itself was a noble name. It simply means you praise. But Judas took this noble name and he brought it down to the depths of death and to the depths of hell. Judas is a name that we tried to avoid. Judas is a name that we wouldn't even name our dog Judas, let alone naming our Children, Judas. Who would ever want to name a child Judas after the man who is known in the Bible as the one who betrayed the Son of God? The Lord Jesus said that it would have been better if that man had never been born. He's referred to as, in the Bible, he's referred to as a betrayer. He's referred to as the devil, or a devil. He's referred to as a thief. He's referred to as the son of perdition. And in Luke chapter 6, verse 16, he's called a traitor. Let me thumb back, just jot this down. Luke chapter 6, verse 16. And Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So he's referred to as a traitor. 
Now, there have been many traitors in history. Benedict Arnold, the most famous traitor during the Revolutionary War. He'll always be remembered by being a traitor. And then we have traitors that we've discovered most recently in the last five, six, ten years who many feel are traitors to our country. And they'll be remembered perhaps as traitors. However, no traitor will ever be compared to Judas Iscariot because he betrayed Jesus, the Son of God. Judas had an opportunity to hear Jesus, to hear him pray, to hear him uh, to preach, to see him heal, to, to perform miracles. He was placed in a high position, chosen by Jesus as one of his disciples. But none of those things that he witnessed and none of those things that he took part of moved him in any way. He was a traitor, betraying the Son of God for 30 pieces of silver. Now you might say, preacher, I'll never do that. I'll never betray Jesus. I'll never betray the Son of God. Really? Don't think you will? Some of you may be doing it right now. Or some of you may be doing it in the future. So the question is, what caused Judas to betray Jesus? I'm going to list three things that I believe caused Judas to betray Jesus. First of all, Judas had the wrong priority. What's your number one priority in your life? Is it Jesus? What's your number one priority? Is it your spouse? Is it your children? Is it your work? Is it your hobby? Is it some sport? Is it your friends? Or could you say with all honesty, none of those are number one, but my number one priority in my life is Jesus. You see, if Jesus... It's not your number one priority in your life. Then you're headed down the road of Judas. And it'll be a matter of time. Jesus Christ must be first in your life. Above all others and above everything else. If he is your Lord and Savior. Luke chapter 14 verse 26 simply says this. It says, Jesus speaking, If any man come after me or come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, he's not referring to hate like we think hate. But Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and, and, love, and, and does not love me more than he does his father and his mother and his brother and his sister, and his friends, and, and yea, even his own life. He can't be my disciple. Jesus is simply saying, I have to be number one in your life. And when you step out and walk down an aisle, you're saying, I'm accepting Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. He's first in my life. He's number one in my life. Friend, he's not going to be number two. He's going to be number one. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Peter said, Lord, we've left all and we've followed you. Luke chapter 5, 27 and 28. Matthew, the tax collector, he's sitting there. Levi, he's sitting there. He's counting his money. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes by and says, Come and follow me. And he gets up and he leaves everything. And he follows Jesus. 
But you know, there's a, there's a promise to those who follow Jesus. In Luke 18, verse 29, who give everything to Christ themselves completely. In Luke 18, verse 29, it says, And Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, There's no man that hath left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world everlasting life. Jesus said, if you put me number one, you're going to be blessed tremendously in this life and in the life to come. So is Jesus number one in your life? Does he hold first priority in your life? Now, Judas' priority in his life, his first priority was money. Money. It was, it was the priority that became the cancer that began to eat away at his soul. This thing called money. Verse 29 says, they thought because Jesus held the bag, see, he was treasure, that perhaps God may have wanted him to go buy something for the Passover or that God wanted him to take some of the money out of the bag and give to the poor. He was the treasure. He was a man in love with material possessions. He was obsessed with money. You remember in John chapter 12, this lady came and she anointed the feet of Jesus with this real expensive, very expensive perfume that the aroma just filled the room. She bathed his feet with this, this, uh, this expensive perfume. In John chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, we hear where Judas says, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Really? So Judas revealed early on that his number one priority was not Jesus, but it was money. Money. He loved material things. Have you ever noticed that the generosity of one person we just spoke about, this woman, evoked criticism from Judas? Generosity toward Jesus evoked criticism from, G from Judas. Now, that's part of a Judas personality. If you want to know if you got part of a Judas personality, if you see someone doing something for the Lord and you begin to criticize what's being done at the church and what's being done for the Lord, my friend, you have a Judas personality. I noticed when we built a place of worship after the tornado came, you could hear chatter, you know, around the community in different places and being very... Uh, uh, I guess a very, uh, well, they just love to express their opinions in regards to building this building. You see, the, that's the Judas personality beginning to voice its opinion. That's not wrong to be good stewards. We're supposed to be, but when you're talking about that's too much money and that's a waste of money and it could have been did, done different and. And I notice at the same time, their favorite college team, whichever you want to choose, can build a $20 million expansion add-on, and that's not considered waste. But to give toward the house of God, that's a waste? That's that Judas personality. One woman makes a generous gesture to Jesus, and it's a waste of money. Make a note. Please write this down in your mind, on your heart, or in your Bible. How you respond to what people do for the Lord speaks volumes about 
you. Never forget that. Judas regarded what this woman did as a waste. And just remember this also. Nothing is ever wasted if you bestow it on the Lord Jesus. Nothing. Judas was at the side of Jesus, but Judas was never on side of Jesus. On the side of Jesus. He had just been a part of the group, is all. And there was a priority that mastered his life other than Jesus, and it was money. Now the question is, is there a priority in your life that one day may cause you to betray Jesus? Material things was his. So what caused Judas to betray Jesus? A wrong priority. But secondly, I noticed he had a, this propensity of life. Now propensity simply means an inclination. It means when you lean towards something. When you lean towards something, it's a tendency. It's leaning in a certain direction. And as you study the life of Judas, you discover that there was this propensity, this leaning toward his betrayal. You knew he was headed that way. Jesus knew that he was headed that way. The disciples didn't know. Judas knew he was headed that way. Jesus knew that he was headed that way. And so in John chapter 13, look at verse 18. And he said, I speak not of you all. I know whom I've chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now, that's a very strong statement. We may not consider it strong. That verse is one of the most telling verses in the Bible about Judas Iscariot. He's lifted up his heel. He's, he's trying to trip me up. He's trying to cause me to fall. Jesus is saying about Judas. He's lifted up my heel. Literally, he has made great the heel. And that's a picture of violent hatred and utter contempt that you can see in Judas's life early on. And if Judas had read the Bible, I mean, he would have seen his own picture in the pages of the Bible early on. You know, that's the reason some people don't read the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, all of a sudden... You open it, and you begin to see yourself in the pages of the Bible. It, it shows you who you are. I heard, a, I heard a story about a monarch, an oriental monarch, one day who bought a Bible. He hired someone to, uh, to interpret the Bible and read it to him, and the interpreter was reading the Bible, and all of a sudden he said, Stop, stop, the one who made that book made me. That's what the Bible does. As you open your Bible, you're going to see the propensity of your life, my life. We'll see the picture of, uh, of a wicked heart. We'll see the picture of darkness. We'll see the picture of depravity in our life. We'll see how wicked we really can be. There's a propensity to lean that way as people. We have the propensity to betray Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 70 Jesus explained to his disciples that one of them, were going to, one of them were, was going to betray him, and they began to ask a question, is it I, is it I, is it I? You know why they asked that? They knew they had that propensity to do it. Is it I? They discovered that we all have that propensity to betray Jesus. The point is, most of us already have at one time or another, and then others are headed in that direction. Now, Jesus did everything to provoke the conscience of Judas and to stop him on the course that he had taken. 
everything. He had this, he had the life of an outward spirit, good spirit, had this outward spiritual life, but then he had the inward heart of a devil. He was a member of the twelve, Judas. He was active in the Lord's work. He was part of the group. But Christ knew his heart, and Christ knows the heart of people, and Christ looked in the heart of Judas, and he said, you are going to betray me. Now, there are thousands of people who are hiding behind certain things, and in their heart they know that they're going to betray Jesus. Some are hiding behind their baptism. Some are hiding behind church membership. Some are, are hiding behind their giving receipts. Some are just hiding behind because they're sitting in different positions at church. And you have deacons that are hiding behind something. And teachers hiding. And preachers hiding. Choir members hiding. The list goes on and on. But in their heart, the Lord Jesus would speak to them. You're going to deny me one day. You're going to deny me. Chapter 13, verse 2. At the beginning of that chapter, he says, Now for before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew this hour was come, that he should depart out of this world into the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knew he was going to betray him. Judas knew that he was going to betray him. Now, how could Judas betray him? Wrong priority. Wrong propensity of life. Do you think if he had told Judas three years from now when he first started out, you're going to betray me, Judas said, no way. I'm not going to betray you. There's no way I'm going to betray you. We really think that we will do what we will do. You know? We really think that. If I told you today, five years from now, you're going to be a drug addict, you said, not me. Five years from now, you're going to be a thief, not me. Five years from now, you're going to be a drunkard, not me, not me. Five years from now, you're going to sell out the Lord, not me, brother Sammy. I'm not going to do it. Judas would have said the same thing. Preacher, it's never going to happen to me. The problem is you haven't looked at it that way. There may be a young girl here today or a young adult female here today. And right now, you're trying to make a decision because of a persuasive boyfriend whether or not to, to lose or to yield your purity to your boyfriend. If you do, you just sold out to one that hung on a cross and did what he could do to make you pure. You may be a businessman here today, and you're fixing to wrap up a business deal, and you're going to portray the one who died that you might be an honest businessman. How can Judas portray Christ? Wrong priority, propensity toward life. And then I'm going to close with this real quick. He was a profane person. Now, profane, you say, Brother Samuel, does that mean did he curse? No, that's not what we're talking about. Did he use profanity? No. Uh, did he use bad language? No. The truest sense of the word is for a profane person is a person who has no room whatsoever in their heart 
or in their life for God. They don't want God nowhere. That's a profane person. Judas was a profane person. The truest sense of a profane person is a person who has no room whatsoever in their heart for God. A person who has utterly, who has utter contempt and disregard for God. And you can see the character of his life. You can see that in his life. I mean, he goes to the chief priests and to the scribes and he's trying to make a deal to turn Jesus over to them. And so he settles for 30 pieces of silver to deliver Jesus. That was a price of a slave being sold at a market, 30 pieces of silver. It wasn't much money at all. And Jesus was in the garden, and he was in the garden there, and he was, he was praying. And all of a sudden, he sees and so, uh, the disciples, they begin to see the lights coming, and they begin to see things uh, happening there that they were concerned about. And chapter 18, verse 1, notice this account, we're finished. When Jesus spoke words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook of Sidron, <clears throat> where there was a garden in which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. You, you know when Judas went out and left Jesus, and Jesus said, do what you got to do quickly. He had that 30 pieces of silver already in his coat pocket. He knew it. So now here he comes with the mob. And Judas, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus often resorted thither with his disciples. And Judas, then having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither and lanterns and torches. That band, they say it could have been as many as 200 or 600 people going with Judas. You can imagine the sight. Going to arrest Jesus? Take 200 people to arrest meek and mild Jesus? Jesus, verse 4, Therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, sent forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus, Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with him. Stood with them. Judas stood with them and not with him. A person, remember this, a person will always stand where his heart is. His heart wasn't with Jesus. His heart was here. Where your treasure is. There where your heart going to be. Where do you stand this morning? Where are you on moral issues? Where do you stand on moral issues? You stand with them, you stand with him. Where, where are you on the cause of Christ? It's under attack right now. Do you stand with them or you stand with him? Where are you in the morals and the decency that's up for grabs right now in our, in our country, in our, in our state? Do you stand with them or do you stand with him? The point is you're standing with them and not with him if you're not careful. You see, there's no record where Judas repented we have a record where judas went out and hung himself came and threw 30 pieces of silver at his feet have you ever gotten anything you wished you hadn't got yeah i have you ever bought anything you wish you hadn't bought i have because it wasn't the lord's will and uh, I, I i would have picked it up and thrown it back but i can't lift a camper did i just confess my sin we're going to go around the room and then you wish you didn't have it. 
Judas comes and throws 30 pieces of silver down. I don't want this. And there's no record. He had remorse, but he didn't have repentance. Well, the story ended different with my friend. He repented, and he came back to Christ. And he, de- he rededicated his life. He recommitted his life, and he began to serve the Lord, and he went out serving the Lord. But Judas never did. We need to be careful It can happen to us if we don't have the right priority in our life because we have the propensity for it. And then if we have a profane life where we just don't want to be a part of nothing about God, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll do the same thing that Judas did. You'll stand with them and not with him. That's our word of prayer. Father, thank you for a time that we've had to open your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for reminding us where we need to be standing today. And I pray for each person here. As this invitation is given, Lord, we pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. Today they'll make you their number one priority in their life. For others who have trusted you, we pray that all of us would make a renewed commitment to you today. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our heart, giving us an example of one who turned and Did not want anything you had to offer. But then in the end, he wished he did. But yet he still didn't repent. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that we can evaluate our heart and life. Make sure we're standing with you. That we stand with you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Terry's going to lead us.